Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. How are you? Well, boy, it's Friday. You know, this week is just gone by fast. It has indeed. Uh, and it's probably because there's so much news. So much is happening in our world. And it it happens at a breakneck speed. It used to be that a, a news story would last maybe uh, three, four, five, six, maybe a week, you know. Now... Something happens today, it's a big story, and then there's something happened tomorrow, it'll be a big story and, and take the uh, oxygen away from today's story. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Case in point, uh, the big story right now is Hunter Biden, cocaine, and the White House. <laughs> you, you couldn't write this. Well, yeah, well, you could because, you know, last week, and then we did it too, You know, the media said, yeah, you watch next week. They are just going to say, well, we can't find any, can't find any evidence. And there, there was no security film, uh, case closed, which is, which I would have expected that from the FBI based upon what they've been doing for the last few years. But I had bigger expectations from, uh, the secret service. I just thought they were more, uh, more above board, yep. And uh, apparently, apparently, they are in a position to be influenced too. I mean, it must be that the higher ups can threaten the heads of these of these organizations. You know, well, I can't you know, think of other reasons. Feelings on it, yeah. I, well, I think they do too. But uh, the simple fact is, you know, we kind of gave them a pass on it last week anyway. They were probably going, "How do we make this go away?" And, you know, we did, and all the media is going, you know, it's going to go away next week. They're just going to brush it away, and they're going, see, there you go. They expect uh-huh. it. Let's brush it away, and that's that. So, you know, I think we should still talk about it and talk about it and talk about it until, you know, they they start lying. And then everyone that lies needs to be fired because that's the pro- that The one belief I have, we are so corrupt in D.C., uh, whether it's the FBI or now I'm, I'm looking at the Secret Service too, if you don't have one cockroach that you find in a dirty, a filthy house, if there's mm. one, there's a mm. hundred behind it. So my my thing is, you clean house in the FBI, and I know there's good people in there. I've known, I've had some friends in the FBI, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. you don't know you don't know the good players from the bad players to the mediocre players. So get rid of them all and start from scratch. Secret Service, same thing, because they've proven now their 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 real their real worth, and it's you know it gets none. me, Bill. These people are um, the the people who are making these decisions are destroying decades of respectable image. Meaning, uh, the Secret Service was imp- had an impeccable reputation for years. I know during. Uh, the Kennedy years at the Kennedy assassination, they made some mistakes. They admitted to it, but they they did their best. They tried, you know. When when President Reagan was shot, I think there were some Secret Service agents who took bullets for him uh, on the street. I mean, these were these were really dedicated people. But right now, Washington is so political, so corrupted. There's so much of a deep state influence in that city right now that every mm. everything is bothered everything is is touched by these uh, these people so i i agree with you i think there's got to be um 
major changes. I don't know how you completely remove uh, an agency like the FBI. You have to have, and people are saying get rid of it, but you know there are active cases that are being pursued. What will happen to cases that have uh, been prosecuted and convictions have happened because of evidence from the FBI, and then you then you pull the FBI? Do you know, I'm, don't get me wrong. I think that they're they're very uh, political and they're not uh, an honorable organization like they were. But I don't know how you get rid of them. Like people say, I got to get rid of them. How do you get rid of the Secret Service? What do you replace them with? How do you rep- how do you protect the President of the United States when there's that well, void? Do you know? Well, there is a void, but unfortunately, we've got to do something. Otherwise, let's say Trump gets back in, or you know, any candidate, uh, you know, pro right. It everything that's happened is going to happen again. I guess, it is the same cycle. It is corrupt. I guess what you could do is you could do what they did back in the 1860s. I mean, uh, in the 1860s, I believe that President Lincoln was protected by the Pinkerton organization from Chicago. I think. Boy, that, what a great job they did. Well, that's <laughs> uh, yeah. well, you know, that's that's very true. They, he went to the theater with no protection. I think he had one police officer standing outside of his door to his uh, box one and when john wilkes booth came by he didn't question him because john wilkes booth was an actor a star what would he Mm. do you know unbelievable you know what anybody anywhere anyhow any agency can be influenced by the bad Mm -hmm. so i don't know how you correct things because as we grow bigger and bigger and more power hungry uh, it just gives way to more opportunity for corruption. Corruption's been going on for a long time, as you pointed out. You know, we go back to uh, the day of Lincoln. Mm. Um, it's been around and it continues to be around, which means there's been a dark force from the inception of this country that's never wanted us to succeed. And all along, they're trying to infiltrate and trip us up. Kind of makes you wonder back where where wonder where it leads back to. You know, when I said Pinkerton, I, I was leading to. Uh, I guess we could have a private security agency, yeah. at least temporarily, protect the president until a, a, a new, more neutral, more reliable mm-hmm. security force can be in place. Uh, but I think that they've been corrupted to take such an obvious case, such an easy case. I mean, if this were, by the way, a Trump. Uh, White House, and they found cocaine, uh, they would have had all of the Trump children in jail, and they would be trying to blame it also on President Trump. I mean, it would be a, a slam dunk. I want to I play for you Janine Pirro. She, she made okay. some comments. Uh, she's a very vocal person, and she has opinions, and she yeah. she speaks them. Listen. Okay, let me tell what this case does. This case is not about American justice. I think it convinces all of America that we don't have justice anymore. It's about a Biden cover-up. And honestly, it's a slap in the face to every American who was ever arrested, prosecuted, convicted, and went to jail for cocaine possession, especially a black American. It's a slap in the face to everyone who's ever gone to jail for possession of an illegal weapon, okay? And for Karine Jean-Pierre, 
to come out and say it's incredibly irresponsible you media to ask if we could exempt the Biden family how disgusting is it well you know what the attitude that they all have is that we're above the law we don't have to answer any questions and they laugh at us and we thought Hillary was untrustworthy we thought that these people I mean they, they literally blow her away and to the Secret Service have you no dignity have you no shame are you willing to go along with you're either inept or you're covering up right because there we already know that Karine Jean-Pierre said the Bidens were not there on, on Friday we know the Bidens were there on Friday so now we've tightened the circle of the possible time with which that cocaine was put there now why don't you want to drug test people in the White House and excuse me this is important and number two why are the cameras not working where are the canines why don't you know everyone who's gone through there it's all hogwash you vacated the building it was so dangerous when you you saw that uh, what you thought might be anthrax and now you don't have anything to say about it so it's either a cover-up they're inept and in addition to drug testing the staffers i think they ought to stop lying to us and coming out and saying we know hunter was there the reason this is so important is hunter doesn't get the plea deal if they can pin this on right. him you know president trump came out yesterday and he said mm -hmm. two people can have that cocaine two people can be the owners of that cocaine, Hunter or Joe. And he says, it wouldn't surprise me if Joe was using it. He says, Joe obviously is using something to try to keep him awake during press conferences. Uh, and well, it in. could be, and that would explain the... Because, <laughs> you know, that crap gets in there and numbs up everything. Yep. Uh, Representative Tim Burkett had some thoughts, too. Hey everybody, Tim Burchett just left the most ridiculous meeting of all time with the Secret Service over the cocaine that was found in the uh, in the White House. So it turns out they don't know who did it. The investigation's going to be over at the end of the week, and they're not going to find out who did, who did it. And that's basically it. Another cover-up. You know, it's the most secure building in the entire world. You can't go in there. They have facial identification. They have got to give your social security number nobody even the press nobody goes in there without them knowing this is a bad look on the secret service and a horrible look on this white house so more cover-ups continue you know i just don't know how the uh, heads of the secret service can go along with this uh it's beyond me well you know the other thing they might do if there's enough pressure on them that hey you closed an investigation it's a cover-up and they do have facial recognition. There's probably some clown going through everything right now going, okay, who can we pin this on? Who can we pin this on? Him or her. That's the person. Now let's go and set them up and plant stuff in, in their premises and all of that. And then all of a sudden, they'll swarm down on them. There will be a raid and they'll say, well, we couldn't say anything because we didn't want to scare them up. But, but we've been on this trail forever. Either way, they're going to protect Hunter and Joe at all cost because are they working for Hunter and Joe or somebody else? They're not working for the American people. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's truly over? I don't think the American people are going to let this just die just because the Secret Service said the investigation is finished. I, think I don't think it's over, but I think that if we let it be over, then we are going to get what we deserve. Are they so out of touch that they really think the American people will just turn 
their backs and walk away from the story? Do they think well, we're that uh, naive, that, you know, yeah. malleable? Yeah, and if you've noticed, you know, people that like to go out and defend their party and post, you know, and challenge anything you say, then if they don't have a challenge, they start throwing mud, any kind of mud they can. You know, and they don't they don't want to accept responsibility for themselves, their party, or anything like that, but they want to throw out the accusations. Here we're covering up for uh, Hunter. He's mm-hmm. got an addiction. He's had an addiction. He's rehab hasn't worked. And he it's obvious it is his. But okay, they're not gonna prove it, but yet they go after Trump for things that have nothing to do with Trump, but uh we're gonna con- uh, we don't have the evidence, but we say he did it. You know, come on. Yeah. Lauren Boebert came out with an interesting comment yesterday. I didn't realize this. She said that uh, it didn't just happen once. They didn't just find drugs mm-hmm. in the White House once. Three times. That's right. That we know of. Three times mm-hmm. that we know of. And again, I go uh, back to since, my cockroach Since theory, 2022, but, Bill. Since yeah, 2022. That's one year. Yeah. Not even a year. Uh, I don't know. You know, if you or I did something similar, similar we would be uh, in front of a, a judge somewhere. Now, someone said, look, at the reason why they just want this to go away is because if they prove that it, it's Hunter's drugs, his plea deal that he put together is gone, and he can go well, to good. jail. He should. Look, he's, he's off on the gun charges, which means that he can own a gun. And he's a druggie, we know that. So a druggie that owns a gun, there's a good combination. And if he he doesn't face the drug charges, well, then he's free and clear to do whatever he wants. And that's not right. Mm. Justice for he, but not for the, you know, the... Yeah. Rules for thee, but not for me. That's right. Yeah. Um, Something like that. Yeah. You know, you know it's what I early. Saying? I don't know where this is going to go. I, I know where it should go. Uh, you know, we, we they're so easy to indict a former president of the United States for nonsense, for ridiculous things, that they'll do that at the drop of the hat, and the world is supposed to accept that. But when something which is obviously wrong, and you can you can probably find out who the culprit is in a matter of minutes because they've got cameras and security measures everywhere in the White House. They just say there's nothing to see here. Keep moving along. And that is nonsense. And what have we heard about the cameras? There were no cameras. They weren't working or they were whatever, shut off. Okay, three different stories. You know the correct answer and you can't give it. You failed the test. You're lying to me, just like uh, Christopher Ray did uh, from the FBI. I mean, there was a story about... uh, you know, gets clobbering the guy again, where I guess yeah, he lied we, over the um, whatever it was. I think we played the audio yesterday. Um, yeah. Did you hear what Sheila Jackson Lee said about George Soros? Oh, he's, uh, he's an American patriot. Well, listen. Let me ask you this. First of all, we have uh, accusatory commentary of Soros DAs. Let us not put an individual that is not here, a contributing American, and jeopardize his life, but always... Throwing his name out in the most ugliest of way, I am offended by that. Sosaurus does not de- deserve that. He is an American and a patriot, and he also comes from a minority community, one might say, and you create a dangerous situation. 
That's unfortunate. Oh, gag me, Sheila Jackson Lee. Gag me with uh, a yeah. spoon. I got to tell you, the fact of the matter is, when she says he comes from a minority org, she's talking about the Jewish community. And I, I point to uh, what uh, Roseanne Barr said yesterday. You know, just because he's skin folk doesn't mean he's kin folk. You know, the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, if I heard an interview from George Soros, it was on CBS 60 Minutes, and he said, listen, uh, the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Jew. I mean, I was born a Jew, but I'm not a Jew. I'm an atheist. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. I, I heard the guy say it. I'm an atheist. So, I mean, don't defend him as a Jew and a minority. The guy has been investing millions and millions of dollars into oh, these different organizations who have a goal to bring down our country. He's put, mm-hmm. he's put DAs into different communities that have uh, a disdain for the law. You say, well, how can he do that? Listen, if a DA who gets paid maybe $200,000 a year and he runs the uh, county you know, justice department, the district attorney, uh, if he normally runs for an election and he spends maybe $700,000 to campaign, and then a guy comes in backed by Soros and they invest two or three million dollars. Who do you think is going to win? All of a sudden, uh, you're going to see TV ads for uh, for this Soros-backed candidate. And he's going to become a household name before the elections even start. That's and that's right. how he, And that's how Soros wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, for her to defend, defend him. He's an American and a patriot. You know, I'm sure that uh, Sheila Jackson Lee has been backed uh, comfortably by Mr. Soros and his organizations for a number of years. It, it wouldn't surprise me. She's uh, she's something well, else. She, dangerously close, though, because she's calling him a minority. Yeah. Yeah, okay, he's Hungarian Jew, okay? So he's a white guy. He's an old white guy. Oh, wait a second. So, I know what minority she's talking about. He is a multi-billionaire. And that is a minority. <laughs> Think about it for a second. There are yeah. a lot of multi-billionaires in this world. I'm just no, saying. but they, they, you know, he's he's empty in his pockets towards her. So yep, he's a patriot and a minority. So there you go. I mean, that's hey. If you want to smile, Bill, there's a new commercial up by a company called Ultra Right. What's it called? It's called. Uh, I'll tell you. Maybe I got to get this right because I want I want you to try their beer at some point. Ultra right beer, ultra right beer, and they put this like um, Smokey and the Bandit YouTube video out. It's a couple of minutes long. You know that's where a lot of companies do their advertising now on YouTube. They get a lot of people who find it, and then you spread the word. It's actually more effective than TV commercials. How much do you want to bet because it's on YouTube that it doesn't get yanked? You mean it gets yanked? Yeah, that it that it gets yanked. Oh yeah, it, well, I agree. You know, I agree. At some point, they're going to realize. Wait a second, we're promoting a conservative organization. Let's uh, pull them for something. You know. Yeah, because it's it's made the news. It's out there. Everybody's going to be going for it, and you're going to get that little black screen with the white writing on it that said this video has been pulled because it does not meet our community standards. And um, I know all too well about that little screen. It is uh, a funny commercial and the guy who plays uh sheriff buford t justice who was the jackie gleason character in the movie mm-hmm. uh he's one of the he does a phenomenal job he looks like jackie gleason 
and he has the mannerisms of Jackie Gleason. You got to see the uh, the video. You can find it, by the way, in Gateway Pundit. It's it's just it's a funny, funny spot, and it's called again Ultra Woke Beer. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, sorry, right. I got it wrong. Smokey Ult- and the conservative dad, yeah, Ultra, yeah. Uh, Ultra yeah. Right Beer. Yeah, okay. and the I think this the the guy that's president of the com- company plays uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, it's actually the full name of the beer is Conservative Dad's Ultra Right Beer. Conservative Dad's Ultra Right Beer. You know. If Budweiser had been smart, when the they've got they've got millions and millions of gallons of of uh, uh, Bud Light that's sitting in in tanks in their breweries going nowhere, I would have said, wait a second, uh, we're going to do a whole new line of beer called American Right or something like that, or or Mega Mega Brew or something like that, or Maga Brew. I would have done something. And I would have issued a whole new beer. I wouldn't have made a big issue that it was coming from Budweiser. And I would have, I would have gotten rid of the beer that way. Do you know? See, but I, I think Budweiser is under the microscope, and people are looking for him to do something like that. Uh, the fact that you got what is it? Did I say it was Costco yesterday? One of the stores, they've got the little yeah. red dot of uh, death where that says that when it's on the price tag. Better buy this beer now because once it's gone, it's gone. We are never going to restock it again. Wow. And that means that, you know, the public doesn't want it. And they know it. They've done their research. So why carry the brand? The public actually wants to see Budweiser, for the most part, gone. I did a a parody, you know, just making fun of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dylan Mulvaney and uh, everything on it and and. Yes, you did. I've seen it too, and it's funny. And I'll just leave it at that. And where where can they find the Bill Knight parody? Oh, that's that's yeah. You just look up Bill Knight, and you look it up on uh, Twitter. It's on Twitter. That's where it is. No, I think I think you hit the search properly. Should be Bill Knight tutu. I'll just leave it at that. All right, Bill Knight tutu. (laughs) Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks a lot. Uh, Anyway, um, you know, I don't understand why. Why Budweiser has allowed it to go this far? I think they should fire their advertising agency because they they didn't respond properly. First of all, they never should have they never should have allowed uh, that can even even if it was just one can. You know, they're saying that can that was uh, with Dylan well, Mulvaney. They said there was only one can. They should never have been any cans with a political reference on it. I mean, I, some people will say, "Well, the American flag is a no, no." That's different. That's a you, that, you're talking to everybody with an American flag because Democrats, Republicans, lib, uh, uh, Libertarians, they're all Americans. So the flag works for everybody. But when you start getting into things like um, you know LGBTQ, uh, trans, you're being more specific, and you are truly putting your your brand in jeopardy. And I know that when I had an advertising agency, I never would have. I was a little advertising agency. My, I had a small agency in Pittsburgh for a number of years. I would never have recommended to um, any client to do what Budweiser did. And then they try to deny it. You know? Jeez. Now, one of the big wigs from Budweiser has come out and done a video mm-hmm. and, you know, apologizing, saying they made a mistake. But, you know, at some point in time, uh, People won't forgive. You've gone over a line, and it doesn't matter that you made a mistake. You didn't see it coming. 
people won't forgive you. We and we said, Bill, when this happened, and right off the bat, you and I on this program said they got to come out immediately and put this fire out, and they've got to make statements that they made a mistake. And but they waited too long. They waited months before this video comes out. Yeah, and you know what? They probably tried to listen to logic. Oh, well, this is what you have to do. Well, give it a little time. Yeah. You know, and uh, what I've discovered about things like that, going by, you know, what the norm is or what the pros tell you to do, screw that. Be yourself. Do what you think is right. If you go, boy, we messed up here. Then take action right away, take responsibility, and move forward. Absolutely right, because if you're listening to advertising uh, executives, you know, who have all the answers, because that's their job, they're supposed to sell you, the client, on them, all right? But the fact of the matter is, if you listen to them, they're saying, well, you know, uh, if you just let it go for a while, it will fade away. They're not realizing that we're living in a different time, okay? We're living Mm -hmm. in a time of social media, that the fire doesn't go out quite as quickly as it used to back in the 80s and 90s when there wasn't this big social media influence. I mean, right now, they're still talking about the, the Budweiser thing. We're still doing a story right now because it's still in the news. It hasn't gone away. And it's not going to. It's going to linger on. Until it becomes a piece of history, and it's going to be a sad piece of history. But you know, there, there's a lot like that, you know, out there. A lot of things like that mm. that are going on out there. Uh, you know what? But people could, you could probably trace it back to people's lives. That, uh, well, take for instance the um, the surname. The, the you know, how do you identify? Are you a male? Are you a female? Are you a, sh- a she, her, a he, she? You know, and that fall all falls under the LGBTQ umbrella. So if you sit there and go, well, I'm a him, he. Well, now you've just put yourself under that umbrella, even though you're trying to, you're trying to conform and adapt. Well, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm a male. That's it. I, I go by the old standards. And if that makes me out of date and out of style, so be it. Well, uh, you know, we live in uh, strange times. You know, Disney World, uh, they just announced, uh, I guess yesterday, that their sales were down. Their attendance was down. Uh, and But they had an excuse. I think they said mm-hmm. something like it was due to, uh, you know, residual from the pandemic and stuff like that. They, 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 they pointed to everything but the real reason that they've right. become this woke organization, you know. Yep. Um, they also announced that Bob Iger, who was the chairman, is going to be retained for a while longer. They brought him back about six months ago because the thing was just in bad shape, Disney. And right. I guess he, Bob Iger had been a, a big success back in the uh, early 2000s, and they wanted him to recapture that success for Disney. He hasn't done it yet because they're still tanking in a lot of their a lot of their programs. I mean, they... They were the guys who sat on the uh, Sound of Freedom movie. The right. Sound of Freedom movie, they they own the rights to it, and what they 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 just put it on the shelf, wouldn't wouldn't release it. And finally, I guess the producers got a a small unknown company to do the distribution, and uh, they released it. And in the first week, they did forty million dollars in 
in uh, ticket sales, which is just unbelievable, and it's still doing a phenomenal box office. But that money could have been going to the stockholders at Disney, you know, years ago, if these people weren't so politically woke. But in the meantime, they're coming out with, uh, we talked about it yesterday, uh, with a a new cartoon series on Freeform that's about uh, a a little girl, I guess it's called uh, Hail Petey or something like that, we talked about yeah. who, who calls yeah. her kid Petey, a, a girl. But anyway, Hail Petey, and uh, she inherits a cult. She inherits a cult of blood drinking, human, human sacrificing people. Okay? This is the premise. If I walked into a pitch session in Hollywood, even, I don't know, Hollywood is corrupt as they are. I'm talking 20 years ago. They were interested in making money. They weren't interested mm-hmm. in, in politics so much. They were getting there, but not. They still had the uh, the commercial. If you did a pitch about that kind of a premise, you know, a a, a blood drinking, uh, human sacrificing cult that's run by a, a a young kid who inherits it from his dad, you'd be chased out of the office. They would they would have mm-hmm. slammed the door. You you're gone. They would never take a pitch from you again. So at what point does this Disney film or series uh, identify that what they're drinking the blood for is adrenochrome? They, you know, Bill, you have to. It's kind of like an in joke. They mm-hmm. know it's adrenochrome. Uh, you know that it's adrenochrome. Yeah, but they don't say it. You know. So, yeah. So the average smuck out there doesn't know and just thinks, oh, it's cute. And what they're doing is they're programming us and they're setting us up. For the the mutilation and abuse of children, which, boy, I'll tell you what, you talk about that, and then that gets you over into the child trafficking and what happens. Look, I, I had a, I, a daughter of mine was raped, so I know what goes on in, in, in the mind of somebody where they've been physically violated. Imagine these kids that are being trafficked. Oh, my God. It's, they say it's not one time, but it's multiple times, hundreds of times yes. in a week. Yes. Abs- they, they say the advantage to human trafficking, this is the, uh, the traffickers say the advantage is when you traffic drugs, it's one sale per drug. I mean, you go, you, you sell the drugs, and then that's it. But if you traffic children... You can traffic them multiple times. I mean, you can traffic them to, uh, you know, some deviant uh, over here. And then when they're done, you can take the child back and traffic the same child to some deviant in another place. And this goes on and on. And, you know, these little children, even when they're rescued, they're, they're not normal. They're, they're, they've been so damaged, like Bill said, that... It's going to take years, if ever, to fully cleanse them of, I don't mean cleanse them, they've done nothing wrong, but I mean to get rid of this evil that has been that has been attacking them throughout their youth. You know, they're never more vulnerable when they're, than when they, they're small. When they're small people, when they're little people, you know, that's when their their minds are like sponges. They take everything in. That's when we mm-hmm. we learn languages when we're children so quickly because we're like a sponge. We learn our environment. We know what what uh, the gestures of mom and dad are when we're children because we watch them and get it. We are 
we are so easy to learn at that at that point and these evil sons of bees down in uh, you know who are trafficking these little innocents across the border and these vile people who use these children it's not just the trafficker it is the end user too the the, the rich vile son of a gun who will uh, abuse these children i i get angry i get angry because this this is a crime that we shouldn't allow to exist in this country for one more day we we shouldn't allow it to go on for one more day yet they say we are the biggest user of these children in the entire world well it's not they say we are the number one importer of uh that it may as well be on the gdp you know the uh because it's it is that big and it's this country that drives not just the bus, but the caravan of trucks for that. I mean, we we are we are in in it. We're in it completely. You know, and this administration, I think, is in on it too. I look at Washington, and I think it's a, this is a slam dunk. You guys want to look like you're doing something? Do a full court press on child trafficking in this country. Start rescuing the children. Start sending camera crews out with these. Uh, or different uh, squads that are that are pulling these raids and saving these these little babies. I mean, the country is a good country. Our country is a good country, and they don't want this going on. And and it will be a big positive. But the reason why these guys in Washington, I think, don't want to truly get involved. I mean, they'll talk a good talk, but they won't walk the good walk. It's because some of them are corrupt. It's because some of these guys down in in that swamp. Uh, are probably people who use, who traffic in these children. Mm-hmm. You know, either the, either they're end users or they're involved with the actual process. But uh, there's a lot of corruption in that city. You know, when I talk about Joe Biden being corrupt and he's been corrupt for forty years, you don't become a multimillionaire. You know, by making two hundred thousand a year. Um, I would submit that he's not alone. There's a lot of senators and representatives down there who are, you know, uh, swapping cash for whatever, you know. Uh, well, look at Hunter's addiction. So do you think Joe really cares about uh, kids and adults that have addictions? Because he's made money off of it. They try to do the pose pictures, but he's just, that's what he is. He's a poser. Uh, you know, he knew about the drugs in the White House. You know, uh, you look at him around children and what you see him do is not right. Mm -hmm. So you've got to, you know, I'm not going to draw the conclusion for you, but go back and do your research. Take what we just talked about and you see what's going on. But what my point was earlier is that the damage just one time to a young person's mind is not repairable. And society has the, the philosophy whether it's one time or a hundred times, it doesn't matter. Well, if it's a hundred times, uh, it might be something you're doing wrong, you know, or, you know, suck it up. It's just another page in the story of your life. Well, when, when somebody is inserting in these little kids, you know, uh, you know, a novel series in their mind, uh, there is, I don't think there's any coming back from that. Uh, and that's, so we, we talk about rescuing them. Uh, which they need to be rescued, but then what? Because how do you 
How do you uh, get a magic eraser and erase that from their their, their I don't minds, know their life? I, I I think they're damaged forever. I mean, I I think that the wound can heal, but there'll always be a terrible scar, always be a terrible scar in in their on their lives, because for them to have experienced such evil at such an influence influential and young age, you know, it's, uh, we were talking about Hollywood and how corrupt they are and the kind of, uh, kind of world, uh, that, mm-hmm. that place is, um, Tom Holland is an actor who plays Spider-Man. Oh, and he hates it there. Yeah. Here's what he said. Listen, I really do not like Hollywood. It is not for me. The, the business really scares me. I understand that I'm a part of that business and I enjoy my kind of interactions with it. But that said, I am always looking for ways to kind of remove myself from it, to kind of just live as normal a life as possible. Today, doing this is a very rare thing for me to do. Yeah, I definitely think it has been an ongoing thought, which is don't lose yourself. I've seen so many people come before me and lose themselves, and I've had friends that I've grown up with that aren't friends of mine anymore because they've lost themselves to this business. and. I just am really, really keen to focus on what makes me happy, which is my family, it's my friends, it's my carpentry, my golf, um, the charity that my mum runs. Like That is the stuff that makes me really happy, and that's the stuff that I should protect. My relationship is the thing that I keep most sacred. I don't talk about it. I, I try my best to keep it as private as possible. We both feel very strongly that that is the healthiest way for us to, to move on as a couple. Um, so I do try to keep as removed from it as possible. Like you'll never see me at an award show that I don't have to be at. I'm never going to a red carpet mm-hmm. event that I'm not in the film of, you know. I don't want the attention when I don't need it. God bless him. This is a guy who has yeah. he has things in perspective, doesn't he? Holy smokes. Yeah, he does. By the way, uh, since we're on Hollywood night, it's official. Last night uh, or this morning as of midnight, whatever he was, when the, the clock went one second after, uh, SAG-AFTRA, uh, they went on strike. Oh yeah, all the. I was the, I'm all glad the you brought that up. I I I, I wonder. Well, you're you're a member of SAG, aren't you? Well, you, I I, re- I I retired from it because I don't do a lot of SAG work anymore. SAG-AFTRA, um, mm-hmm. but I was for decades, and uh, I I you wonder. Were, what were you, if, yeah, yeah. I wonder, Bill, if they're going to recover from this. I mean, uh, I mean, right now the writers are on strike, and all of well, a the sudden, the actors went on strike too. Yeah, now the now the actors are on strike, and the writers' strike was doing a terrible uh, bit of damage on the industry. I mean, there are TV shows that have episodes that haven't been produced yet, like you know, there are programs that are scheduled to be shot that, that are part of this season. That are going to be mm-hmm. they're going to be abbreviated because they haven't got the writers to write the episodes, and you know you yeah. can't get a scab in to write because that's oh it's terrible. Um, and now the actually there, there's good writers out there that aren't union, but that's a whole different debate. But I don't think they can write for a union show. You know they they have a contract or the the production yeah. companies have contracts with the Writers Guild of America. And, and part of that contract, you know, excludes them from using non-union writers. And uh, they may go out and try to get non-union writers. Maybe some writers figure, hey, what the heck? I, I got nothing to lose. Maybe I can make a few bucks. But in the long run, it's going to, th- these non-union writers will never get into the Writers Guild down the road. 
you know. Um, yeah, they, yeah. Well, see, but that that's a form of you know. I don't know the 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 whole union non union thing. I've always whether thought, it's right or wrong, Bill. It's 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 the way it is. You know. No, no, it is. No, I get it. Look, I I've got a friend that uh, does stuff in Stranger Things or whatever that thing is called. That uh, and I watch that. You know, but the mm-hmm. production now is stopped on it. And I'm like going, well, you know, there you go. Um, I and- write film scripts, as you know, and I have some of my work out in Hollywood. And I'm getting non-union producers looking at my work now to uh, to possibly produce it because they, there's a void. There's a big, huge void. And uh, they don't know how long this is going to go on for. It may go on for six months. could go on for a year. Yeah, but, you know what I found, found funny though, and it's not really funny. I'm not making fun of it, but you know, you remember the show The Nanny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fran Drescher. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it, but she's actually the head of now the uh, Screen Actors Guild there for the union. So uh, she was the one doing the, the 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 press thing, you know. And she she said this is this is going to be a moment in history, and it's going to be long lasting because. Uh, it's like their own little personal fight of good and evil, and the evil is the All big right. I got a question, Bill. Do you think brokers. The, the producers and the production companies, are they looking to break the unions completely in Hollywood? Because think of it. Who can last longer? The companies that have the studios and the multi-millions and millions of dollars to work with or the unions out there? At some point, unions unions can't last because these people need a paycheck. They need to pay for. Yeah, some of them have big multi-million dollar mansions. Uh, Another friend that's out there that actually is union in radio between jobs, staying with her brother in one of his villas as an actor. And I'm going like, well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) everything for a while. Yeah, everything went to poop in a handbasket for them overnight. Now I'm not laughing at that, but. Uh, I'm, and uh, I probably but need that, to that, call that, out there and say, hey, sorry. That is the uh, the industry right now. Hollywood is uh, in turmoil. And, uh, and now people may say, what happens if they get rid of the unions? Well, if they get rid of the unions, it makes the producers a lot stronger. A lot stronger. I mean, all of a sudden, everything's on a personal contract, except for the, you know, except for the thousands of people who work behind the scenes. I mean, the major stars... Nothing's going to change much for them because they have agents and they have personal, you know, services agreements. But well, yeah, their their contracts go above and beyond union scale, and I think that's where people don't get it. Is you know, oh, these stars make a lot of money. No, the union scale uh, guarantees you that you're going to make like three hundred and something bucks a day. It's probably more than that. Last time I checked into it, that's what it was. And you'd get residuals, you know, uh, like when I did some agency stuff, you know, you, but for, I had residuals forget without the, having to be it. Forget the stars of the shows and the movies. Forget that. Because they're going to get paid no matter what, okay? The grunts. It's, it's the guys in the background. It's the secondary actors who, you know, come on for two seconds and say, sir, can I have your keys? I'll move your car. And that's his line for the whole show. He gets a, a, a nice buck because of the union deal for doing that. It's an over if it's an over fifth over five lines uh, words per. I mean, there's this a whole setup, a structure as to how these people are paid, and it makes it so that they can make a living 
doing stuff like this. You know, the, the actors do okay. If you hear an announcer for a program, he's part of After SAG or SAG After, and mm-hmm. he's getting a certain scale. He's making a, a good living. And like Bill said, there are residuals involved. The people after 13 weeks, they get another check just for if, if the program goes on. Let's say hypothetically a program like All in the Family uh, goes on and on and on and on and on. It's being shown somewhere around the world all the time. Someone, they, the actors are getting checks. Every 13 weeks they get a check. It's a residual well, check. Yeah. Syndication keeps you alive. It used to be that you couldn't get into syndication unless the shows were out there for uh, it had to be a guaranteed certain amount of time. Yeah. And but now, you know, it could be a one season one-off show or a half a season and some network out there will pick it up. Well, there's residuals involved. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's good. You know, you get you get a paycheck into perpetuity for your work. They start I mean, hiring the biggest. They start hiring actors who are non-union and they may pay them a decent buck to do the show one time. And that'll be it. Unless they have it in their contract, they get residuals. That'll be it. They'll be done. They will go their merry way, and the producers will make more money, you know, because they won't have to pay residuals. It won't be as good as it has been with the unions. Now, the unions can really be difficult, too. Uh, there's, there's a lot of drawbacks to them. But, um, I mean, I, get, I, I don't like the fact that unions are so political. You know, they really and truly force their members to, to think a certain way. They want you to, uh, and, and that way, by the way, mostly is to the left. Uh, they happen- Now, that should tell you something right there. It's big money squashing the little man that's in the, un- the union, but they tell you that they're for you guys, and they're playing you on both sides of the fence. Well, uh, all I can tell you, friends is uh, uh, get used to watching reruns for a while because Hollywood is grinding to a stop uh, and they're not going to be doing any new programs for the time being. I see where, case in point, Magnum P.I., because of Mm -hmm. the Writers Guild's Guild's strike. You know, they went from CBS over to NBC and they had a pretty good year. They had good viewership and stuff. And then the writers went on strike and they stopped production of the show. And now NBC says, NBC says we can't afford to uh, keep paying the actors, so we're, we're going to just uh, cancel the show. So Magnum P.I. is done because of the strike, really. Yeah, but this has happened before. It'll happen again. But, you know, no matter what you do, there's always going to be a squeeze play on the money because there's a bigger shark in the pool, and... Uh, when he sees that you're getting your, you know, pretty good piece of chum there, he wants it. Speaking of big and, sharks, um, Joe Biden has. Uh, he's nice acti- segue. Uh, yeah, there thank you, you very okay. much. I appreciate that, Bill. He he activated the uh, individual ready reserve. Oh, uh, yes. Because of something called Operation Atlantic Resolve. I never heard of Operation Atlantic Resolve, but it, it's it's old, but it doesn't. There's no, there's no imminent emergency that I know about there. No, it, but they're just activated, yeah, just in case. What what happens is a lot of these soldiers, mostly young officers, uh, they do their four years and they get their discharge and they go home. Now, by activating the uh, individual ready reserve, it it literally says to those uh, uh, 
discharged officers that you're not really totally discharged yet. You are right. you're on hold because we may pull you back at a moment's notice for the next four years at least. That's the commitment. So uh, mm-hmm. they've had this before. I, I can remember my my dad after World War II. My dad mm-hmm. had been a forward observer, and then he in, after the war ended, they realized. Oh, wait a second, uh, John Harrington is also what an attorney. Oh, I, we didn't know that. Are we? Oh, well then we'll put him in the JAG office, Judge Advocate General, and mm-hmm. he he went off after the war and spent a couple of years uh, in Nuremberg prosecuting war crimes. And after that was done, he went home. It was like 1947. I don't mean to give you a family history, but 1947, he was discharged. I th- mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, he was discharged, but he wasn't. He was apparently in this individual ready reserve. I remember being a kid, a little kid in the car, and my dad talking to my mom saying, they, I think they may, they may bring us back into this Korean War. Yeah, and, and, and it was you know the, what? It was this individual ready reserve. Only Joe would remember the individual ready reserve. But the fact <laughs> that we're doing this, are we anticipating going to the Ukraine for war? Are we anticipating, uh, you know, a populist rebellion here? Because there's a lot of talk about people that are fed up, and the only way they're going to do it is the revolt in uh, our own country. And uh, if you wonder what that would be like, I would uh, challenge you to go look up uh, Jericho, uh, a film that was out for a series that was out, I think, three seasons. Mm-hmm. But it was about the internal strife in the U.S. and where it divided into three factions. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. And that was way before we ever even started doing this podcast. And it goes way before the Trump administration and the Biden administration. So, Do you see these um, people, Bill, in Washington wanting this, uh, de- this, this, you know, turmoil in our country do you think well, that there's an element of the deep state that wants us to okay. do it you got war? you got the ready reserve mm-hmm. the, the uh, okay so you got that so they're calling up again so they're building up for something i would challenge you right now while we're talking if you would look up uh senior enlistment in the military because right now the government is recruiting retirees you can be 65 plus. Mm-hmm. You can get a bonus, a sign-on bonus, a pretty huge bonus. What the hell are you? Are you know? Well, well their enlistment got- is way down. Their regular enlistment is way down. Guys don't want to go in the military. Right. So you know, are we going to have uh, old folks out there in wheelchairs toting a gun? You know. Well, I mean, I uh, mean. You know. I, you know, I guess for somebody, you know, because they really don't take care of their retirees and senior citizens in this country, you know, so I, I could see where somebody, you know, uh, a widower going, what the hell? Why not? I could see you them know? bringing back like generals who were in their 60s and early 70s because they would bring back uh, a wealth of military experience and they would be plotting and working behind the scenes. They wouldn't have to be doing the long marches and things like that. But uh, I can't see them bringing back, you know, 50-year-olds to uh, put a, a pack on their back and march. I mean, there's a lot of things no. that change between the age of 35 and 50. Yeah, now what they could do is they could uh, not do them for overseas deployment, but maybe administrative work here in the United States. Should there be, God forbid, some kind of 
turmoil, whether it's, you know, from problems with the cartel that's here, the people coming across the border, uh, insurgents uh, of a foreign nation that's buying up land around our military bases, or just the simple fact that the people of this country finally Jericho it and say the hell with it. I'm done. Let's, let's tear it down and start again. Boy, uh, we are in dire straits, and it's because of the guy in Washington who is uh, going around sniffing children. Did you see what he did in in uh, Europe yesterday? I think it was Sweden or someplace. He was Finland, I guess. He walked up to a mother holding a little baby, a little child, and he leaned over and kissed it and then kind of like nibbled on it. I, I, I swear to God. I thought, what the hell is the president of the United States doing to that child? He, I mean, literally, you got to see it, Bill. It's 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 on uh, if, online. You can see the video. Uh, he he's nibbling at the little child, and the child is like, "Ma, get me away from this creep." <laughs> yeah, you know, he this, is a creeper too. Uh, well, that's that. I don't know this uh, uh, the situation we have right now is uh, like I've never seen before. We are on the verge of something, Bill. Um, yeah, there's something happening, and it's big, too. So, um, oh, the Ukraine, you know, the people that fled the Ukraine? I was reading uh, there was, uh, uh, they, they went and talked to a bunch of them, and over the half of the refugees don't even want to return to the Ukraine when and if the war ends. That doesn't so surprise me. Back. That doesn't surprise me. It, it, it's got to be. It's got to be all torn up right now. I would imagine it's it's uh, rubble and uh, landmines everywhere, and just not a, not a terribly safe place to be. It's not the place they probably left. I don't blame them. You know, they they go from the Ukraine maybe into Poland or someplace like that, and it's you see much of the same kind of land, except mm-hmm. the difference is Poland's safe. So, do, would you want to go back? I wouldn't want to go back. You know? No, I wouldn't either. I think the funniest news line in the week uh, in the week has uh, come from what is it the uh, UK or the UK defense secretary? Apparently, right. Zelensky gave him a weapons list of things that Zelensky wants yes. to help fight the war against Russia, and uh, the UK uh, you know defense secretary said, "We're not Amazon." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like it. Hey, you know, uh, John Kerry was testifying in front of. Uh, Congress yesterday. Oh, yeah. He didn't and, want to give up things. Well, he started talking about uh, his his private jet. Listen. Persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It, it just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. But what he doesn't say in that clip, when he's when he's right. they continue to ask the question, he'll he says, and I swear to God, he says, I don't own a private jet. My wife owns a private jet. My wife owns a private jet, but I don't own a private jet. I'm thinking, what a moron. Do you honestly think that that they will delineate? I mean, if my wife owned a private jet. It might as well be mine because I'd have access to it just like as as if it were mine. You know, she's uh, she was the lady who inherited all of the Heinz money, H.J. Heinz. Yeah, yeah, she was, exactly. Uh, 
So he has probably several private jets. And, you know, yeah. he, when he travels around the world, he's not going uh, United or uh, American Airlines. He's not going, even first class, you know, he's going in his own private jet. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. They probably got a couple of them. They don't have helicopters for different reasons. Uh, well, they, you know the story, yeah. they got the money. They can afford a whole fleet of those, too. Uh, Carrie also went on to pull a hissy fit yesterday. Listen. Be very helpful. Yeah. Who is your deputy envoy for climate? I have two deputies, and uh, they are well-known. They're very experienced people, Rick Duke and uh, Sue Binias. But I'm not going to go through all the Rick names. Rick Duke here. and who? Mr. German, Sue Binias, who's one of the most experienced negotiators in the world. Is Mr. German, let me just say to you, deputy? Mr. German, I'm not going to fill them in here in this way because that would be a violation of our process within the State Department. You're not going to tell us who's I'm not going to go office. through them by name because that is not the required process of the State Department. Who's the principal deputy for climate in your office? As I just said to you, Mr. Chairman, Who's the chief? Of I am going to go through the normal process. Now, an algorithm kicked out that date, the, the one you're referring to. I'm not going to argue human. about it, Mr. Kerry, Secretary I'm, Kerry. I'm, I'm not going to argue about it. You said you're not going to answer. You're not going to answer. It's par for the course. No, I'm like going to answer said, there was a through the process. 2021 said it wasn't going to be answered until 2024. I'm not going to spend my time arguing about it. You said you're not going to answer now? Mr. Chairman, don't, oh, don't just cut me off. What I'm trying to do is tell you I'm going to follow the process of the State Department, which is normally followed. Where there are circumstances requiring that someone know who the person is, the State Department has complied and, and done that. every office, where every consular, not every a bureau, they have a hierarchy. You where go there is a not a requirement. Base, it says Joe Biden. It says the secretaries. It says there's a hierarchy. This is standard practice for government. We not have presented not with practice. the congressional long notification. Enough. I want to point another arrow on my chart office, here, Mr. Secretary. We present. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you something. Uh, this is the process that I think they must have sat around a table at the Biden White House and said, okay, yeah. when you're grilled by Congress, what you do is you just refuse to answer and say it's because it's the policy of your different uh, department. And uh, that's it. I mean, Christopher Ray did it. We can't answer that because it's not the policy of the FBI. You hear John Kerry, well, I can't answer that because it's not the policy of the State Department. Wait a second, pal. You're, you're speaking in front of Congress at a hearing, uh, you know, and it's their policy to get answers from you. You know, but yeah, uh, well, but they they get a great soundbite that the news can twist and turn around. So it was done that way. I mean, during the Reagan years, uh, you know, the uh, the policy was uh, I don't recall. I don't recall. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's true. Uh, it's, it's always been a shuffle off to Buffalo, you know. But, you know, when Trump is being grilled or one of his people are being grilled by the Democrats, the media is all over it like a fly on manure, you know. I mean, uh, and and, the, and it's just a big deal. He wouldn't answer, you know. Right. They don't have to have any proof whatsoever. It can be all hearsay, but it's factual when they ask about it. Speaking of news, though, apparently network news, you know, the major networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, that's the rankings in that order, and they're below, if you can believe it, uh, cable news. Cable news is done. Foxes is the big go-to, even though they're not what they used to be, followed by CNN and M uh, MSNBC. We, we've got a news problem in this country. You know, 
I, I find that uh, people watching CNN still, uh, I can't believe that they could be so easily duped. Because oh, they duped. are. Yeah. Anyway. Badly so. We've done it, my friend. Another uh, show in the can, man. Another week down uh, the drain. <laughs> it didn't sound right. Pull, no, it didn't. <laughs> Just pull the cork on the tub and let this one drain out, and that's it. But um, We uh, have an update program tomorrow, as we always yeah. do on a Saturday. And um, there could be some weird stuff going on today. You know, we go into the weekend, that's when things happen, but you never know. Uh they, they may save it for Sunday, and then Monday we'll be going, oh, man, can you believe it? Something is about to happen. If it doesn't happen this weekend, uh, maybe next week or the two weeks, but there's a lot of distractions out there, too. Should we end with uh, uh, Joe Biden singing his song? A little song, a little dance, and uh, here comes Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should remind people that you can reach us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. There's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com. And as my partner says, every single day... Every single day. I don't know why it's in my head. Hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>